Howdy, everybody. Welcome on into the Houston Clutch Report podcast. My name is John Paul Rinsky. Thank you for coming with us on this glorious Thursday. Seated, seated to my immediate right, I have Spencer Nolan. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing a lot better than I was last week. A oh, lot yeah. better than I was I last was week. I was hoping you would be. Um, so we've got a lot of rockets that we're going to get to, obviously, today. We're going to hit some Astros, some slight Texans news. Uh, but I wanted a, a quick lead before we hit Rockets with a little Texans. I've been listening to, I don't know if you've heard of this artist, Spencer, uh, Bobby Fino. I have heard of Bobby Fino. Yeah, yeah, Bobby I Fino. I have heard of Bobby Just Fino. released a new album entitled Flamingo and Coval. I've been listening to it, and I've been really enjoying it. But uh, a lot of you listeners may know Bobby Fino more as Arian Foster. Yeah, former number 23 for your Houston Texans. Yeah, four-time Pro Bowler. Top uh, three Texan of all time, easily. I, it's hard to argue that right now. I mean, I, I think it's especially offense. I mean, Andre Johnson's probably number one. I think I don't think anyone can deny that at JJ. this point. JJ is number two, clear. Who may even be number one uh, eventually at yeah, some point. Yeah, probably will be. Um, do yeah, we think I, Deshaun is already there? No, he, no, no, no. Foster's. He's already top right five now. though. Deshaun has given us better memories uh, than anyone. He's well, because look, because look, if Foster's well, three, well, look I would that. say I would say Hopkins would be ahead of Deshaun Watson mm. right now. Mm, yeah, that's probably you're probably right. I okay, like, yeah, that's and then you have some classics as well, like Owen Daniels in the sword. No, I, Owen Daniels never gave me a memory like I, oh, like Deshaun has. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, as bad as he was at times, Matt Schaub had some great years too. Yeah, that's he's tricky. I think he's he's a guy who's who's always going to be just chastised by Houston fans. Yeah. but like. The true Houston fans remember him as a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I, that he won the passing title one yes, year. Yes, yeah, in two thousand nine. Yeah, led the team to a. It ended up being a twelve and four record, but at one point we were uh, a ten and one, twelve and two, and so it was like we had never seen that kind of success before, and that was no. helmed by him. Like Absolutely. he was carrying that torch absolutely uh, he also had help from number twenty three, like we mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, and number was, eighty, and you know, absolutely all, all those, all the yeah, like. But for me, I. I still give Deshaun the edge. I still give him as top I don't think five. I can put him top five right now. It's only been six games. That's fair. And it's fair, but man. I, I definitely have to wait until this upcoming year when he comes back from a second ACL injury. I could eat, it, it could take after this year or even after one game seeing him 100% yeah. healthy. I can easily move him back up. If there. he goes out and beats the Patriots week one, he's, that solidifies him as top five Texan of all time, which – the reason that solidifies them is that's not really saying much to begin with. Yeah, we don't have a storied franchise, but not we have some Hall of Famers already. Yeah, we do. That's that's true. Yeah. So, but I mean, I might just be biased because I do love me some Deshaun Watson. But maybe. But you know, go ahead, uh, check his album out, show him some love. Yeah, obviously. Bobby Fino. It, it is pretty good. I did. I listened to it a little bit too. He was on uh, Sports Nation yesterday oh, yeah? promoting it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, it was really good. Yeah. It, it, I thought it was really good. I was really surprised. And he even said on the on Sports Nation yesterday, he was like. I don't think there's ever been an athlete to make good music. And so and that's Damn. you basically call everyone out like, yeah, yeah I, this is the best music you'll hear from an athlete, basically saying. Interesting. And honestly, I got to agree with him. I, I listened to – Damian Lillard has some good stuff, you know. Uh, I, know I know Lev Bell does some stuff too. Yeah, Lev Bell does some stuff. Lonzo Ball freestyles. and mm-hmm. I think he even put out an album or something. But Aaron Foster is better than all that stuff. Like, go listen yeah. to his stuff. It's really good. It's really good. Really it's really good. good. Show some support. All right, so let's go ahead and dive well, right uh, in. Well, I mean, we, kind of, we should just make this a Texans portion now. I mean, gosh. I mean, if you want yeah, to, that's we, fine. we let it hijack our intro. Yeah, man. Uh, the, uh, the only <laughs> uh, bit of Texans news that we had, uh, we did sign uh, Justin Reed to a contract, mm-hmm. uh, four years, uh, about four million, uh, with an approximate million dollar signing bonus. This is off uh, from uh, Aaron Wilson. 
Um, so, you know, no surprises there. He is a third-round draft pick, so a million dollars a year on average. Sounds about right. Um, he's going to be high impact, I think, uh, especially coming into his second, third year. He's got to fight some depth, probably this rookie campaign. Yeah. But, you know, j- just a little piece of news to, to share with you guys. you have anything mm-hmm. extra to add on that, Spencer? No, I think, I think that's going to be your starting safety uh, whenever the time yeah. comes this fall. I think Andre Howe moves to the bench. So you have a starting safety that's on a third-round rookie contract. He's a first-round value, we hope. We hope he pans out. I think he will be. I like it. I yeah. like it. I'm really I'm, glad to see that's the number he's locked in at for four years. Yeah, which is good. I'm a little more optimistic uh, about Andre Howe. I currently, I still think, like Andre Howe. Yeah, I currently think he's still going to be the starter day one. Obviously, training camp is going to be the big turnaround, and I'm just starting to get in the weeds of all my research uh, for off season. So I'm been looking forward to it. We're going to see how it pans out. I'm, I'm starting to do some record projections, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, there's there's a lot to be excited for with the Texans, but they're on like pure off season. There's really it's, it's yeah news is scarce. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We're pretty much waiting on news of where Des ends up mm-hmm. or things like today, like Fozzie Whitaker tore his ACL and got put oh, on IR. Oh no! Yeah, with the Carolina Panthers. Oh my boy. god, man, that's our that's our pride of Maryland right there, yeah, man. I know. Yeah, oh. so they they just signed C.J. Anderson and now they lose Fozzie. Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's that's really unfortunate yeah, to hear. Yeah, think. Uh, I love Fozzie, man. That's, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, not, not much in, on the football front. I do have one piece of uh, news that I really want to talk to you okay, about. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so news came out yesterday. Mark Ingram has been suspended for the first oh, four right. games that's of right. the season. Uh, who is your number one fantasy draft pick right now? Is it Alvin Kamara? Because that's I think that's who I would draft number one. Overall, if I had the number one pick, I think I'm drafting Alvin if Kamara If I now. had the number one pick. I know you haven't done your research yet, but just no, off the yeah, top I, of your I, head. I, I'm just getting in there. So there's a couple guys that immediately come to mind. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell would be in that conversation. Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson coming off an injury, the, Antonio Brown. Who should have been the MVP, in my opinion, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Um, there think, is a loaded running back class this year. Yeah, I think today, if, if I was drafting today, um, I would, I'd probably pick Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Um, I think obviously he's playing on that franchise tag again and really wants that big deal and he has to just keep showing up and he has shown up and he I'm pretty sure he was available all 16 games last year and you could see the impact that he had um, closer to I can already feel that like the, the more we see from these OTAs and mini camps and all that stuff I think David Johnson at the end of the day is probably going to be a number, my number one but he's coming off of that injury, so if I drafted today, I would that would just be too high of a risk for yeah, me. Yeah, but I, his injury was a wrist injury. I mean, you might worry about fumbles a little bit, but his fantasy production shouldn't yeah, take a I big just, hit. I just, uh, it, it's currently May. Um, come August, I'm probably going to have David Johnson number one. Wow. And, um, as of right now, I think. Man, yeah. I, I, Alvin Kamara was the number one fantasy back last year, and now he's going to have four Who's games. number one? Tucker Early's number one. Well, I mean, well, yeah, you're right. But he was, like, for a lot of weeks is what I'm saying. He would be the top scorer. Sure. He was a top scorer multiple weeks mm-hmm. last year. So Definitely better in PPR. But right. Yeah, I right. think he might be my number one. But he's only the lead guy in four games. Like, Mark Ingram is still on the last year of his he deal. Is. He is. And it's a four-game suspension, so he's going to come back. And I think that he's definitely going to have to... I don't think he'll have his job. I think Alvin Kamara will be the the, the lead horse. Yeah, the I cow, think it'll the bell cow. I think it'll be very similar to last year, but Kamara will definitely be taking more snaps. Yeah. I think it would probably be like Kamara would probably see 20 to 25 touches I, I think that might be a little too much i don't know if he's that high of a volume guy and ingram will see 10 to 12 touches i think that's like about that. right that sounds about bit. right yeah 
Yeah. And then Kamara's probably, at this point in his career, a better pass catcher than Ingram. But Ingram's been a good pass catcher for a lot of his years, too. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's fun speculation, and it's yeah, it's the part of the that's doors. all that went through my mind when that news dropped yesterday. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my mouth is drooling over yeah. the the the, con, the the prospect of having Alvin Kamara at number one now. Mm-hmm. But like another guy we didn't even mention as number one, Ezekiel Elliott. I, I no suspensions. Name. No, no suspensions. suspensions this year. He should play sixteen games. There's no one in sight to take his job. He is no Des Bryant to steal targets from him. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna get. More touches. He'll have Very a true. higher workload, and and I saw I forget what what talking head on one of the networks said this, but I really agree with it. I think it was Nick Wright probably. He said if the Cowboys are to make the playoffs, it's going to take an MVP effort from Zeke Elliott. Like he's going to have to be We're in back. the MVP conversation. I don't know. I don't think this is Dak. No, I, no I I'm saying Dak it, is, it would be one of those two would have right, to be no, out of. I agree with you, but I I don't think. It'd be more likely Ezekiel Elliott to Dak Prescott. I think I think Dak's gonna have a bad year. He might. I, I'm, I thought I'm he was really... gonna have a down year last year, and I was proven pretty correct. And so there was a lot of hype, and it was like mm, there's there are certain guys that just get way overhyped and way underhyped. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kamara was a great value last year. Third round pick out of Tennessee ended up playing way above what anyone thought he was going to in his rookie year. A lot of people were liking him, and I was one of them. He was one of my late round steal targets, and he got sniped from me. Um, so I'm gonna have it's a keeper league. I'm not gonna have him in any leagues mm. this year, unfortunately. Uh, but he obviously that those are the guys I look to more than anything else, and so we'll see. Uh, we got we got a lot of ways to go until oh, yes. September till that kickoff game Eagles Falcons. Uh, but let's go ahead and hit that Rockets news. Yeah, let's get into some Rockets uh, talk, baby. So they took care of business. We, we, we you put up the poll last week before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Coming back to Houston, where are they going to be? You were pessimistic. Uh, you th- you said I was. Two, two. I said two two. I said three one Rockets, and that was correct. Boom. I. I Felt like I had hit the nail on the head of on a lot of points. You know that was obviously a wake up call for them. They go into Game Three, they win one thirteen to ninety two, just mm-hmm. absolutely decimate the Jazz. Man, we're up. They were up by thirty basically the entire game until the fourth quarter when they were just coasting yeah. to get out of the. Uh... Yeah, for first quarter we outscored them by seventeen. Second quarter we outscored them by thirteen, so we were up thirty at the half. And it was it was, by halftime. I, I stopped watching the game because like there's no point. I had, I had oh, things I, I did not. Day. I watched every yeah. minute of that game. I watched, it was glorious. Game four and game five, I watched every minute of. But game <laughs> three, it's like, all right, I, I got some stuff I need to get, take care of. That's fair. Hey, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It was it worked 70, out. 70-40 at halftime. Yeah. Was, Let me ask you this, though. If it had been a close game, would you have continued? Oh, yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yes. It was one of those things. It was like, all right, cool. All right, I can get some stuff done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, I've been there. I've definitely been there. Yeah. So game four and game five were probably the bigger games to touch on. So game four, we won 100 to 87. Um, the big thing out about that game is uh, Dante Exum getting hurt, really messed up. I, I wanted to say he really messed up their flow, but when he got hurt, it was in the second quarter, I believe, and he had already accrued three fouls. So he was in early foul trouble, and it was only going to get worse for him. And so he was going to already have to take limited mis- minutes in the second half of the game. But it did still definitely affect the chemistry. Same thing in Game 5 when Malcolm Mitchell went out. And it was in uh, towards the end of the game, last five minutes. Uh, but still... The story that we got to talk about, first and foremost, Chris Paul yes. putting the team on his back mm-hmm. and saying, I am not about to go out in the second round again. Uh, 40 points in game five. Never had had a 20-point quarter in his entire career. Yeah. Had 20 points to seal the deal in was the it fourth 20 quarter. 20 22? It was 20. 20. Yeah, was 20. 21 overall, 13 and 22 shooting. Uh, just, he scored at one point 13 straight points for the Rockets mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. 
It, just a marvelous performance. And that was a fairly back-and-forth game going into the fourth, too. If he plays like that, the Warriors have no chance. Yeah, it's all three guys have to be on their A game. Um, obviously, after game five, Harden said that he was under the weather, or Chris Paul had mentioned that he was under the weather. I don't know necessarily how under the weather he was. Obviously, he was kind of downplaying. He didn't want anyone to know. And his uh, his shooting reflected. He, oh, he still took like 22 shots. And I think he scored 7 out of 22 from the field. So he was still taking, you know, maybe not as high, not 30 shots a game, but he was still taking his shots even though he wasn't 100%. But he definitely did realize Chris Paul's playing hot, let him run it, and he run it, he did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so now it's time. It's time, JP. The, the series we have been talking about since December is finally here. Earlier than December, since preseason. Everyone yeah. was talking about it's going to be Rockets Warriors, Rockets Warriors. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. The time has come. It's time. Game one, Monday night, in Houston, Warriors at Rockets. JP, before we get into our predictions, and we will have our predictions, uh, g- give me some matchups to watch. I have one in particular, but I'll start with okay, you. Okay, so the player to watch, which is I think is either going to be the difference maker for the Rockets, is going to be Clint Capella. I think what he has shown, especially in these last couple games against the Jazz, just the sheer amount of block shots he's had. I... The five block shots in the last three minutes of game four. Just, he did not, he, his rim protection in, in just that two game span, let alone the vast improvements he's had, uh, especially working with Olajuwon. It's, the man is a monster. And I mean, he obviously, the usually in the Death Five or the Hampton Five or whatever they're calling the starting lineup for Golden State usually has Draymond at the center. And if Clint keeps playing the way he is, he defensively is just going to dominate Draymond Green. I Absolutely. Think. And so if we can get that kind of an advantage uh, in the middle, uh, because the big guy that usually Golden State plays is what, Zaza? And Clint Capella is just Well, like, just well that's not the lineup they start. No, I think no, no, it's no, no, important no. to keep that in mind. The lineup they start, it, well, the lineup that plays the most minutes is their their death lineup is yeah. how it's labeled. Steph, Clay, Iguodala. KD at the four, Draymond at the five. Yeah. That is a tough lineup to score it is. on. Yes. But I think you're right. I yeah. think Draymond Green, he's he is he's as great as a defender as he is. And he is a great defender. And he's probably going to be he's probably the best defender that the Rockets are encountering in this playoffs. In the same yeah. playoffs that yeah. they encountered Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I think Draymond's the better defensive player sure. myself. I think the definite thing you can look at is they were exploiting Rudy Gobert when he was like switched onto the top of the key on people like Chris Paul or James Harden. They will not be able to do that with Draymond. No. Draymond he can guard everyone, including yes. Harden, and, and anywhere on the court. They know that. Whereas Rudy is very much an interior defender, mm-hmm. you know, playing the paint. And so that's going to be a definite matchup to look yeah. at. I think Capella versus Draymond Green. I think that's going to be the key. Yeah. What about you, Spencer? For me, it's it's James Harden and Clay Thompson. Their entire careers have been linked up against each other. Okay. okay. Well, not the entire, but the majority of them. Who's better? And, you know, the talking heads, the guys that don't know nothing, that don't know nothing, that they know nothing. They know nothing about basketball. They always will say Clay because Harden doesn't play defense. But Harden has proven time and time again that not only does he play defense, but Clay Thompson, he's not really the best defender either, at least when it comes to guarding him. Yes. Clay Thompson cannot guard James Harden. He cannot. He has proven it time and time again every time we match up with the Warriors that he cannot guard James Harden. So I think when the Rockets are looking to switch, they don't want KD and they don't want Draymond Green on 
Chris Paul and James Harden respectively. They're going to go for, they really want Steph or the big man, whoever is in the game, unless it's Draymond. If it's JaVale McGee or Zaza, they would love that. But other than that, when they're when it's the death lineup, they're wanting to target Steph Curry. He is the guy they want to go after on defense. And after that, it's it's Clay Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Is Iguodala is a Finals MVP for his defense. KD also a Finals MVP uh, for his offense, but his defensive his defense, efficiency was also since very he's good gotten to Golden State, he has been unreal on the mm-hmm. defensive end, which was always a big criticism of his through his time in OKC. But in Golden State, he is a much different player. He is a guy that you, he is a rim protector. He does not let you, he swats shots, not, I don't know about the same rate that Capella does, mm-hmm. but with the same ferociousness yeah. and the same ferocity that he does. He's a very, very skilled rim protector. And then you got Draymond, he's he's a banger down low. Like you said, he cards Anywhere on the court, any position doesn't matter. So we have to get switched on to uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. That's going to be the matchup for me to watch. Yeah. And so talking about that, obviously KD playing better, playing a lot more minutes at the four, especially in this death lineup. You kind of have to play a little bit more defense at the four. Um, and so when you're talking about our lineup, especially whenever we have a lot of our shooters out on the court, um, having a target Steph and having a target Clay, those are going to be a lot of the role shooters. That's going to be Eric Gordon's going to have to – Put up his shots. You're gonna, Trevor Ariza is going to have to put up his shots. PJ Tucker, I think, is also going to be a major key defensively and offensively. Uh, not absolutely. Yeah, I think defensively, he's going to be the guy who's who's going to be at the top of the key on whoever's mm-hmm. whoever's handling the ball. If it's Clay, if it's Steph, if it's KD, like he's got to be that guy who does not allow the penetration. And obviously, whoever he's guarding, they're going to get a decent amount of baskets. But he he just can't let those easy ones go. Um, and then Mbabute as well, defensively, I think is going to be a very key strategy. I think I think we'll see PJ Tucker play at least thirty minutes tonight. I think yes. Mbabute is going to log twenty five minutes tonight. About what wow. he'll probably log. But I mean, that's about what he averaged in the regular season. He was anywhere from twenty five to thirty minutes. I, th- mm. I want to say his average sat around twenty six per game. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of Mbamute. I don't think we'll see any Ryan Anderson. He's just not playable. No, I, I think if they're really dry and everyone's cold, they maybe yes. try bring him in because he can get same hot on Joe the road. Yeah, same with Joe Johnson. Nene, I only expect him to come in for maybe 10, 10 minutes. minutes. I think just to you know give Clint Capella a breather. Yep. But I think the most of the time, if Clint Capella's not on the court, I think they're going to run Tuck Wagon lineup with P.J. Tucker at the five mm. just to match up with that death lineup. Well, yeah, and it does depend on what the what Golden State has on the when court. You, if Golden State has JaVale McGee or Zaza, absolutely. you kind of have to go Nene over P.J. Tucker at the five just because you can't let those big guys bully you in the middle. Right. P.J. is a but, good defender, but he's not that big of an interior uh, uh, Yeah, for sure. But those guys don't play more than 10 to 12 minutes yeah, for them anyway. The, the, the Nene role. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but even less so because I think they basically just throw those guys out there to do the opening tip. Yeah, and then they get them out. Just tall bodies. Exactly. That's, that's what they use them for. So the lineup I'm really excited to see out there is Chris Paul, James Harden, Ariza, Bamute, PJ Tucker. Okay. That lineup almost perfectly matches you up with their death lineup. And I might even say we have an advantage Mm. with Ariza over Igadala. And then, Definitely Harden over Clay, but that matches you up so much better down the just overall. And even if you wanna you wanna get more offense on your uh, in, in the game a little bit, take out Bob Mute, put in Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. who definitely Eric Gordon has to have a good series. He has to have a great series. Actually, I would say great. Yeah, he, he needs, he needs he need, his shooting needs to be uh, 
35, 40% from three. Yeah. He needs to be sixth man of the year, Eric Gordon. Not the Eric Gordon we've seen this year, who has been well, who has been really great. And he's he's changed finalist for sixth man of the year. He, yeah, he is. And and he's changed a lot of aspects of his game. He he drives more now. But that shot has to be like it was last year. He, yeah. I, he needs to be able to drive the paint like he is this year, but have the shot he had last year. And he showed remnants of that in the Jazz series. He didn't have the most consistent series. But uh, the game they won, uh, game three, he led this team in scoring. He had 25 points. And he was excellent. Well, he tied with the lead with James Harden. Who also yeah, had right, right, right. Uh, so... Eric Gordon, he's going to be crucial. And I think a lot of the reason it falls on him is because... They have four stars, no doubt about it. The Warriors do. No doubt. Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD, they're stars. The Rockets held, have three. Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella. All right, we already know this. Eric Gordon has times where he flashes star potential. Mm-hmm. He flashes it. He needs to flash for four to six games. Okay, he, we don't need him to show up every game. Honestly, we no. can win games when he's when he's not yeah, hot. Yeah, it's a rotation of of the role players of who's hot. At least one of them, mm-hmm. probably two, are going to have to be hot in any given game. I mean, you want James Harden, Chris Paul throughout the playoffs have been very much one or the other. Absolutely, and they both need to be playing hot. Absolutely, Clint Capella needs to be getting it, and then one or two role guys, um, whether it be Eric Gordon or Mbamute, who's just getting more and more healthy. Gerald Green on a couple games, I'm sure, is going to have to be hot. I think Gerald Green. I think he's going to come in. I think he'll have a couple zero point games, a couple maybe a three sure. point game here and there, but he'll have one game where he gets like super hot and smashes like 7 of 12 from three-point land and mm-hmm. just buries the Warriors, I think that's going to be a game that the Rockets win. It's something where like that happens with, with Gerald Green specifically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just looking quickly at the, the games 3, 4, and 5 this past week where we won, just trying to figure out role players and how it affected the game. So in game 3 when we won by 21, Eric Gordon had 25, tied for the most on the team with James Harden. No one else on the bench had double digits. The only people in double digits were Ariza, Capella, and Chris Paul, 11, 11, and 15, respectively. In terms of game four, when you had Chris Paul and James Harden just pretty much trading off quarters, doing well, both were over 20 points. Uh, Capella had 12, PJ had 11. No one else had double digits. That was a lower-scoring game, 100. I don't think we're going to have really that many low-scoring games against Golden State. Obviously, Jazz are usually a better team defensively, and so you knew that you're going to have one or two of those games. But then the last game, Game 5, you Chris Paul absolutely dominated, which kind of skews the numbers negatively a little bit because you looked uh, – Jail Green had 8, Eric Gordon had 5, and Bamute had 8. Um, and so Harden had 18, P.J. Tucker had 19. Those are the only ones left in double digits. So uh, when you're looking at how the, it's going to play out, like how are we going to win – I think James Harden has to put up at least 20, 25 points. Chris Paul has to put up at least 20, 25 points. I think Clint Capella is going to have to put up 10 to 15, have at least double-digit rebounds. Absolutely. Um, so, that, so that'll so give you conservatively 60 to 70 points right there, um, which means you need to find 40 to 50 points elsewhere. So you need at least two role players to get double digits, and then you can you know speckle the rest everywhere else. Yeah, so, no, you're right. Yeah. And so it's it's at least two guys. Eric Gordon is going to be the big one. Um, I think Trevor Ariza. Uh, I don't know if Trevor and Eric are both going to be hot at the same time. I think Ariza. I think he's proven this playoffs. He's been probably. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just based off the games we watched, all the games, right? Mm-hmm. He seems to be the one that's most consistent with his shot. His shot seems to be the one that is the most there and the most consistently there. I don't think his percentage is probably the best. I know PJ Tucker's percentage has been beautiful. Old. 
amazingly. He's yes. been hitting all his threes. Eric Gordon and Gerald Greens are the ones that need to get their shot down a little bit more. Yeah, so Trevor... And James Harden. And James Harden. And James Harden. Trevor, the past three games, shot 50% in game three, four of eight shooting, uh, two of seven shooting in game uh, four, and then in game five, he was one of four. So he's been taking less shots. But that's really, I think, less about him and more about other people getting hot. And I think it also had to do with the fact, game five, he was probably dead set on stopping Donovan Mitchell. Probably. That was what his assignment was. And, man, that can we talk – But let's go back to the Utah series because I just thought about something I want to talk about. Donovan freaking Mitchell – that that third quarter he had in game five had me terrified. Twenty four points. Twenty four points. Are you kidding me? Man, I was. And then of course we held him score. We we shut him out in the fourth quarter, and part of that he got injured and left the court. But that was at the end of the game. But yeah. for the first eight to six minutes of the game or of the fourth quarter, he was shut out. So, but just that one little scoring spurt, man. This guy is going to take this league over. Yeah. This guy is is legit. He is the truth. Donovan Mitchell is going to. He'll have Utah. I'll make a I'll make a hot take right right quick. We'll see how it is. He'll have he'll have Utah as a one or two seed within the next five years. Five years within the next five years. I think they would need at least one more player. I obviously I like a lot of the players that Utah. What can happen in five years? Yeah, I mean Mitchell's only going to probably get better. I think Gobert is based on Donovan Mitchell absolutely destroying as a rookie. I think that'll incentivize him to probably stay in Utah, even though he may want to move elsewhere. Um, you got people like Joe Ingles, and then O'Neal came on. Jay Crowder, I do like as a, a nice role player. Yeah, that was a guy that was hot as all. Oh hell. my gosh, he was hitting everything against the Rockets, and he was, the part of the reason he was traded to Utah from Cleveland because remember he was part of that Isaiah Thomas deal mm-hmm. that landed Kyrie in Boston, and then you know the Cavs had that huge trade deadline swap up, and he Jay Crowder ends up in Utah. And his shooting percentage just completely flipped, and he would hit everything in a Jazz uniform, it feels like. Yeah, and so I think they need to get one big – if maybe they go try to go after someone like Kapal George in the offseason, try to get that guy, you know, that big marquee, maybe a Kawhi Leonard, get a little more defense on mm-hmm. an already monster defensive team. I mean, th- I think they're one player away from n- maybe not being in the Houston Golden State but they would definitely be in that next tier, right? They, they'd be the first team you talk about in that next tier. But what happens? What I'm, I'm saying, I'm giving five years because sure, sure, sure. a lot can happen. Chris a Paul will be retired lives. within that time. We, we think probably. Either uh, that or I don't think the Rockets will be paying him, or, or he won't be playing at the level he's playing mm-hmm. at this year. He'd be a, a role player if anything. The Golden State Four, they won't be able to afford to pay them all four for that long. Mm-hmm. They just won't. Yep. Without completely gutting the rest of the team. Someone, one of those four is going to leave within the next five years. Probably within the next two to three years. Yeah, think, the too. money's just not going to work yeah, out. Unfortunately, I mean, they want to stay around. And that, you know, I don't think they're going to take that big of a pay cut in order to stay together. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, the name that probably is going to go first would be Clay, if anything. Is, is the next one to come up. Yeah, and I think that he, as much as he would like to stay with so many mouths to feed in Golden State, I think he would really like to be the guy on I his think team. so. I think that's something he yeah. would like to prove. Yeah, in five years, LeBron probably is still in the league, but he's not the best player on his team, whichever team that may be. Prop not Cleveland. Well, I, think I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bet on LeBron. We can. We can bet on these other guys. These other guys like Chris Paul. Them not aging well. That's. We know that's going to happen. He's already taken steps back. Mm-hmm. I, we haven't seen LeBron take any step back yet. So he, if anything, he's only been getting better. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's scary. But I, it's. I don't, I'm not going to. I, I know a lot can happen in that time. But I. I, I just. I could see him being. What would he be at that time? 38, 38. 39, Whatever he is, I could still see him. 
being better than he ever was before. Because that man's a freak. It's, He's a freak. Maybe. And you know what? Oh, I don't. We'll get into that next week. I could go on about LeBron. Okay. But let's get back to the Warriors. Yeah. JP, it, prediction time. Okay. Is it? Are you keeping? You had said Rockets in six for yep. a long time. Yep. You're keeping your prediction. So do we? Do we want to hit Rockets first, or do we want to quickly hit the Eastern Conference? Let's do Rockets first. We've okay. been talking about Rockets. So I have Rockets in seven. Rockets in seven. And the reason I moved it from six to seven is I don't think Steph is 100% healthy still, but he's a lot healthier than I thought he was going to be by this time. And Steph is at least worth a game. Absolutely. 90% Steph Curry. Um, I was thinking he was probably going to be 80 by the time he hit Houston, but 90, I think, is a better number. And so I think that that pushes it from six to seven. Plus, winning a game six to close out the series in Golden State, uh, that's hard to do. That's true. That's true. So I have Rockets in seven. (sighs) It pains me to do this. I know. I I have to look at this objectively. Do it. And as much as my heart wants to say Rockets, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Warriors in okay. six. In six. Okay. I have them stealing a game in Houston and then winning all their home games. I think there will be six very, very competitive games enough so that our – because you have to think back. You know, we got real caught up in – and I'm still caught up, and I hope I'm wrong. Of course I hope I'm wrong. And I think we can win. I think Rockets in seven is definitely likely. But the the, the – the Warriors are just KD and Steph. I are just I can't imagine they keep them. They can beat them four out of seven times. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 entire goal of this season, honestly, we talked about this a lot. We have to compete with the Warriors, and that'll be enough to lure LeBron James. Sure. And once we get LeBron James, it's on like Donkey Kong. That's three ships in a row for sure. If he stays that long, that's definitely one ship though. So. I think as long as we can go compete with them, which I think we will, I think that is that is that would probably be my biggest prediction is that we will go in there and we will compete with them to the end, very very nitty gritty type games, but we will lose in six games. Yeah, I have the way I have it projected: game one Rockets, game two Rockets, game three Golden State, game four Rockets, stealing one, game five Golden State, game six Golden State, game seven Rockets. I like I so you oh so you think so you're thinking going into game seven people are gonna be thinking the Rockets are about to blow a three one lead yep oh yep oh I think two oh three one uh, both points in time they're gonna have those leads <laughs> I just I think oh that makes because so the way I look at I look at it a lot in matchups as well so it's you gotta think best guy on each team Kevin Durant James Harden uh pe- you would probably pick Durant between those two but it's still close absolutely um second best player in each team Steph Curry versus uh, Chris Paul. I think uh, Steph Curry is a top five. Player. I think I think Steph Curry is a better player, but it also health matters. So I think it's going to be very close. I would still probably pick Steph out of those they two. They could definitely play to a watch just because Steph's a better player. Yeah, they could definitely play to a draw. Yep, yep. absolutely no so doubt. So then you look at the number three guy. I'm going to put Draymond at three for Golden State. Really? I think. Over Clay, I think the way the what he provides yeah, defensively that's is fair. Form. That's fair. Versus Clint Capella, I have Capella in that matchup. I do too. I think he's. I think he's just a better rim protector. If you had asked me before the playoffs, I would have taken yeah. Draymond. Though. Capella has just taken such strides. He has. Okay. So then, what the big part is after four, Clay beats whoever you want to put at the four. Yeah. Um. I would. I guess you would put Eric Gordon there. It doesn't matter. Think, but it doesn't matter. But actually, I take that back. Eric Gordon. I wouldn't bet on this to happen every night, but he he also could play Clay Clay Thompson yeah. to a draw because Clay Thompson he all he is and and this isn't to to diminish his game at all by any means, but he he only is he's the best three and D player in the league. 
but he doesn't like distribute the ball. No. He doesn't drive the rim. He can drive the rim if he needs to, and he can pull up on a mid-range jumper, but he pulls up from three. He He's a catch-and-shoot guy. His, that's his offensive game. Mm. That's Eric Gordon's offensive game, yeah. literally to he's a just, He's just a taller Eric Gordon. He's a taller Eric Gordon, exactly. So they could definitely play to a draw yeah. any given night. I, I would bet that Eric Gordon on uh, probably two, maybe even three occasions outplays Clay in the Absolutely. Series. Clay, can, Clay has a tendency to get cold at times. Yeah, yeah. The first finals that they won, he was atrocious in that finals. He was I, – I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, maybe I should look them up, but – I know they were not good from three. He did not shoot the ball mm-hmm. well that first year against Golden State. Mm-hmm. Or with Golden State. I'm sorry, yeah. Against yeah, the, 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 the year that the Cavs were all – Matthew Dellavedova was playing yeah. point guard. The, uh, the Warriors in six series. Yes. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you look at the five, Andre Iguodala probably versus P.J. Tucker. I think that that's pretty washy. I think probably Andre has is a better scorer than P.J. Um, but And then they're pretty close defensively. But then after that death five, you look at the rest of what we have – I'm Trevor Ariza as your sixth guy. You still have Nene who's going to get you minutes. Gerald Green who can get super hot. Like there are so many players past our starting five, and all they really have is yeah, Javale McGee, yeah. Nick Young, Quinn Cook, Mute still that I hadn't said. You, Ryan Anderson if he needs to come off as your number ten guy. He's your number ten. If he's guy. your number ten. That's what I'm saying. Is we just have the depth, and especially when you have a team that's not necessarily 100 percent healthy. The Rockets are. 100% healthy right now. Absolutely. And Warriors are close to it, but not entirely. You look at the last time uh, the Warriors had a big challenge was against the Thunder when they went down 3-1. And that was because the Thunder were healthy. They had a 100% Kevin Durant and a 100% Russell Westbrook and 100% role players like Steven Adams. And they were up 3-1 and should have won that series if it wasn't for Klay Thompson going absolutely ham. And that is, we're not, we're probably not as defensive as Oklahoma City was a couple years ago, but we definitely can outscore Golden State. So I think that's why I think it's going to go six or seven minimum. I've heard some people saying Warriors in five or a Warriors sweep. I was like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, those are the guys that don't know anything, that they're only basing it off of name value. Golden State. And the fact that the Warriors have been there, done this, and this is their fourth conference finals. But they don't understand. I bet you those are the type of people, if you ask them who the number one seed in the Western Conference is, they would say Golden State. They wouldn't realize that the Rockets actually had a better regular season. Those are the same people that say hard to play with defense. Exactly. We don't pay attention to And the same people that probably say Russell Westbrook's best player in the end. Okay. Now, we got to talking a little bit before the show, and we both agree this is possible. But can you imagine how those talking heads would feel if the Rockets sweep Golden State? I, I we think know it's possible. We it's both highly unlikely. Highly unlikely, but it's just as likely as Golden State sweeping Houston. I think, I, I think I they're agree. the same. I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So, but man, that would that would oh, let us that would there would be no disrespect thrown James Harden or Chris Paul or Mike D'Antoni's way the rest of their careers. It doesn't matter how they shot. It doesn't matter. James Harden flopped all over the place, according to them. Mm-hmm. They beat the Warriors in four yeah. games. I think they might even like. I think that might even stand true if they beat them in five games. If a gentleman sweep, I still think all the disrespect is wiped off. No. I think that would easily crown Daryl Morey, who's already the best GM in the league today, as one of the best GMs in any sport ever. Ah, because you have this. It is a dynasty in Golden State. Absolutely. And if you if you swept them, that it would be. 
mind-boggling. Like people, people would be crying in the streets and in their homes if Golden State got swept. Um, but real quick, I do want to touch on the Eastern Conference. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. So wow, Boston t- gentlemen sweep of Philadelphia, and then Cleveland demolishing Toronto. And I wanted to bring this up. Um, so Cleveland swept Toronto. Every other series ended in five games. And I wanted to bring this up. I did some research. When do you think the last time a series didn't go past five games in the semifinals was? Hmm. Probably. It's been a hot minute. Oh, a hot minute? It's been a hot minute. I was going to say sometime in the 90s whenever Joel Okay, well, not not that long. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So it was the 01-02 season. So I have have some stats pulled up for you. Oh, yes. I know, yeah. I love factoids. Yes. So the 2001-2002 season. The first year Michael Jordan was not wearing a Bulls uniform. He was a wizard. He was a wizard. Yeah, that was that year. Um, some, some of the stat lines. Uh, so MVP that year, Tim Duncan. Rookie of the year, Pau Gasol. Oh, the wow. Memphis Grizzlies. The first year they're the Memphis Grizzlies. The year before they were the Vancouver That's Grizzlies. That's right. Yeah. Defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace with the Pistons. Oh, fear the fro. Yeah. yeah. Coach of the year, Rick Carlisle with the Pistons. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he was a he was a Pacers coach. This too. this was the year that the Lakers swept the Nets in the finals. Oh yes, I remember so that that, one. that Nets team that absolutely took everyone by storm. I believe this was either their second or their third of that three peat with Shaq and Kobe. Uh, uh, yeah, it was the uh, second one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the first one they beat AI, or no, it was the third one. I lied. Uh, and so this was yeah they that was the. Lakers Sacramento Kings final or uh, Western Conference. Mm, final. Oh, that was a that great. went seven, went overtime in Game Seven. Absolute yeah. classic, classic. Series. You have things like uh, most points in that year. AI averaged thirty one point four. Highest uh, uh, field goal percentage was Shaq at fifty seven point nine. What? That makes no sense. Anyway, so but and then things like Steve Smith of the Spurs, highest three point percentage at forty seven point one. Wow. Yeah. But that was back when they didn't take nearly exactly. as many as they do now. Yeah. And it, so it was just you know it's been that long since you've had clear winners in the semifinals. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick, just to show necessarily how dominant everyone is. And those yeah. series, yeah, the second round was a yeah. joke. That those was no, series, there was not much entertainment going yeah, Boston on. Boston beat Detroit in five. New Jersey beat Charlotte in five. Lakers beat San Antonio in five. Sacramento beat Dallas in five. Um, so it's been it's and they, they all ended five games, which is weird. Uh, so that out of the way, just a nice little trip down memory lane. It's been you know what sixteen years since something like that's happened. So uh, uh, Boston Cleveland Eastern Conference Finals. Spencer, who do you got? I might surprise you. We'll see. I have Boston in six. Okay. Boston in six. Okay. I already have mine typed up here, Jesse. I think Brad Stevens, he, there's never been a coach that has a chance to do something against LeBron in the East like he does now. Mm-hmm. The Boston Celtics, they don't have any stars right now. Kyrie's out. Gordon Hayward's out. But Al Horford, Jason Tatum, one of he coming into his own completely. Terry Rozier playing out of his scary mind. Scary Terry. You know, they have got Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's stat line last night was unreal it was like he was shot like 10 of 14 like 8 of 10 from three it was insane he he jalen brown very 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 bright future for him and jason tatum that celtics team looks very very good for the future danny ainge in the conversation with daryl Morey to be the best gm in the league and it's interesting that's 
That's who that's who Daryl Morey came from. He's mm-hmm. a he's a Danny Ainge disciple. So I think the Cavs are LeBron. They will go as LeBron goes. Brad Stevens will force LeBron to make his teammates win the game for him, and the team his teammates won't be able to. Celtics in six. Yeah, Jalen Brown last night, ten of thirteen shooting for twenty four points. It's crazy. Absolutely, it's crazy how how much these rook these young players t- like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have come into their own or even in the like, playoffs. Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, like I mean, you just have these young core players that are just showing. Hey, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the league. Or obviously, it also doesn't matter because LeBron's been in fifteen years and he's the best player on the court. Yeah. Now I still think. Uh, that's just my prediction. Yeah. But again, like the like the Western Conference series with the Rockets and the Warriors, I can see it also going LeBron in four. So I can see him going in there, sl- slacking yeah. them around in Boston. Slightly different. I could see Cleveland in four. I could see Boston in four. Like you could see. Uh, I don't know Boston in four. It, it, it's, LeBron will never Cleveland get sweeping sweet. is more likely than Boston sweeping. Uh, or but if either of them won in five, you wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, like I this, would be. I feel like this I think series, LeBron is worth two games. I feel like this series could go in any spectrum. But what I have, which I typed up, I had this before you said yours. Mm. Celtics and six. Celtics and six. So we both got Celtics. We both have Celtics and six. I just think Brad Stevens has done an amazing job with that team. And it's a team, whereas Cleveland is LeBron and hoping that someone can make shots. Um, And obviously, LeBron, it's it's a little skewed because they just swept Toronto. That's because LeBron just decimates Toronto. Toronto can't win against LeBron James. And we both, it's not possible. We both picked Toronto to win that series, though. No, we all had Cleveland to win. Uh, Toronto-Cleveland? Well, well, our, well, we when we changed our picks. Remember we changed our picks? Oh, wait. No, no. I'm sorry. No, no. So, I, yeah. I had I had Cleveland in six. You had Cleveland in five. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We all, thought, we all thought LeBron was pretty much... We knew that he was better than the Toronto team. But we thought that Toronto would have a chance. Okay. Yeah, then I'm right. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I was right. I shouldn't have said that. We were all right. Yeah. On every series, pretty much except for the Boston Philadelphia series. Yeah. But that's okay. But we've picked against Boston every step of the way. And now the one both of us don't pick against. We and, and not only did we pick point. against every step of the way, we, we we picked them to get demolished every step of the way. We had Bucks and I believe in we six. We all had five Bucks or and six. six. Bucks and six. Then we all had Philly sweep, I believe, or Philly and no. five. You had Philly and five. Uh Justin and my uh I we both had uh Philly and six. Okay. But this was after, I think, game one or game two of that series. Mm. But I had Philly in six regardless. And so and I, I didn't change any of mine, just like I had Warriors in six. And after that first game, I knew it wasn't going to be Warriors in six against yes. New Orleans. Um, so we're th- I have a Boston-Houston NBA Finals. You have a Boston-Golden State NBA Finals. Any four of these outcomes, I think, Absolutely. would be a sight to behold. Absolutely. I think, are these the four best teams left? Like, are these the four best teams? Hmm. Are, are, are these actually the best teams in the league? Like, would you say the Cavs and the Celtics? Because we all know that the Rockets and the Warriors are number one, number two. No doubt, as good as LeBron is, he's not, he's not in the top four. Mm-hmm. But are the Celtics and the Cavs truly the best two teams in their in, – like, after those two? So, LeBron skews that question. Absolutely. Tremendously. Um, probably. Uh, so do we think Utah or so New Utah, Orleans is better than than the Celtics or the Cavs? So the other the other teams that I think would be in contention there: Utah, New Orleans. I think, especially coming in next year, I think Minnesota is going to be a lot better of a team. I think Indiana showed this year that they are going to make strides. Hopefully, they get another player there to help out Oladipo and just 
go from being this five seed that almost beat Cle- uh, LeBron in the first round. Like that never, literally has never happened. And so it, I think that they have strides. Not They wouldn't be in the top five this year, but next year or in two, three years are definitely going to be in that conversation. I only ask that because everyone always talks about, oh, the Eastern Conference is so weak. We never get the best teams. Mm-hmm. It's always watered down because the West is so competitive. Yeah. But I think this year the East has shown so much improvement. I think this year, especially also given how close the West was, no, not many teams hit 50 wins. Yeah. Um, I thought, obviously, I agree with you, Houston, Golden State, best teams. Absolutely. But then after that, in terms of, like, depth, you look, East, the Eastern Conference had better depth of teams between Toronto being the one seed. Toronto, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Indiana, you had Miami, who is still playing well, Milwaukee, who has one of the best young stars in Giannis, and then Washington as an eight seed. Where you know, Washington, Washington is not a slouch seed. as not an eight at seed. all. Yeah. Whereas the eight seed was Minnesota, who shouldn't have been an eight seed in, in right. the West. But then you had San Antonio, who probably shouldn't have been in. in and they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Yeah. Portland, who just got destroyed by New Orleans. And so they, they kind of got phonied a bit, then, you know, show that they were pretenders more than anything else. So I thought that the East was way more competitive than the West was. The West, you already knew what the Western Conference finals were going to be before the season started. Whereas the East, mm-hmm. you're like, I have. Uh, LeBron probably is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You would think Boston, because and Boston made it last year. It was Boston-Cleveland last year. But especially after Gordon Hayward gets hurt and then Kyrie gets hurt later on in the season, you're like, I don't think – no. One, we thought Boston was getting bounced in the first round. But they clearly showed they are the best – I think that they're probably the best top-to-bottom team of the four. Um, Houston would probably be the uh, close second in that. Um, and that would be including Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. But it's 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 gonna be a fun series to watch. Both yes, of them. both of them. I'm so excited. It's so annoying that today's Thursday. We record on Thursdays. We don't have a game until Sunday. Yeah, we, we, and then Rockets play Monday at eight. And we don't have a baseball game today either. They're off. We have nothing. We have no sports today of note. Nothing for us. Yeah, we we just we're doing the podcast. That's our sports for. for yeah, this hey, week. and that's fine by me. I am all about that. Speaking of those Houston Astros, yeah. we had a four and two week last week since our last podcast. Lost the series in Arizona and followed it up, swept and demolished the Oakland A's in Oakland. JP, what were your biggest takeaways from this last week for the Astros? So the Arizona series, I think we both said that they were going to win that series two out of three. Um, I thought the one win we had was a stellar win. That first game when we won 8-0, we won at what, 7-0 in the fourth inning? Garrett Cole had 16 strikeouts in a complete game. It was unreal. Garrett Cole... I, I think that's my biggest takeaway because then Garrett Cole was also the pitcher yesterday yes. against Oakland where we end up winning 4-1. Um, and those all four of those runs came in the seventh and the eighth inning. Um, I think Garrett Cole clearly best acquisition, one, one of the best acquisitions of any free agent this year for any team. Mm-hmm. Because you look at that, that Astros and their, their starting pitching has just been a one or two in baseball. I think... Garrett Cole is a big part of that. Justin Verlander is a big part of that. And Charlie Morton is a big part of that. Obviously, McCullers and Keiko have still been the middling two starters. But they're still all-star caliber talent. They've mm-hmm. both been to all-star games. Um, if Charlie Morton, and he's on track to, if he makes the all-star game this year, you have five all-stars as your rotation. Five. Yeah, five. Not to mention you have people in the bullpen like Brad Peacock, Chris Davinsky, who is an all-star. And it's like, Will Harris was an all-star? Yeah. Uh, I almost said Ken Giles' name. I'm glad I did. Uh, I cannot. I cannot put that as a name. Although no, he's knocked down back-to-back saves, he 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 shut the door against the A's twice. Yeah, twice which is good. He needed, and the A's are the team to do it. 
against as well, you get a lot more confidence in those games. Still not sold on him as a, as a state as the closer, but you know for now we'll we'll let him we'll let him figure it out. I want to see him close the door against some good teams like he should have done against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to talk. The Yankees have just been playing out of their mind recently. Yeah, and they've won eighteen of nineteen. Yeah, they're twenty six and ten overall. It's just Ugh. like it's best disgusting. record in the league. I hate when the Yankees are good. Yeah, and the, but then Boston's twenty five and eleven. And mm-hmm. so it's it's not like the Yankees are cruising past the AL East like a lot of people assumed. I mean, again, talking about it when we made our preseason predictions, yeah. I had Boston winning that, and Boston has been looking just as good Absolutely. as New York. They've been more consistent, whereas the Yankees got off to a slow start. And, and they get hot. David Price back today. Yeah. So I think it's I think this year if you look at the hierarchy of the teams, I think you got to go Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. That's how they've performed so far this year. Now the Astros. Are the best until proven otherwise because they they have that honor since they won the championship. So they're the best until proven otherwise. But yeah. just by the sheer performances of the team uh, on the year, I think in the entire league it's been Yankees, Red Sox, Astros. That that's fair. And you know the Astros aren't trying. Are, they don't have as much to prove as they did last year. No, not at all. Last year, you know, chip on their shoulder. People, no one's taking us seriously. Everyone's counting us out. And then they go, they win 100 games. They end up not even having the best record in the American League last year. A lot of people don't remember. Cleveland, Cleveland had the best yeah. record. And then they won that insane, what, 22-23 game win streak. Yeah, and then they blew their grits at the end. Of the, I guess the Yankees, no less. Lost three in a row to end the series. And so it's not like the Astros have to be the number one record in the East. And they, I don't think they're trying to be. I think at this point in time, they want to get those young guys in the lineup, see how they play, get them looks. I, I am still a fan of Stasi and what he's been doing. Yeah, he Darren Fisher has been playing a lot better. Yeah, they, uh, they went back-to-back back the other day. Yeah. And then, but the big hit I think we need to hit is that first game against Oakland and George Springer. George Springer, six for six. Six? Are you kidding me? In nine innings. It, it, yeah. The last time it had been done was Anthony Rendon, a Houston product, actually. Anthony Rendon of the Nationals, the, the last guy to have six for six. In nine innings. And in that game, actually, I remember that game. Anthony Rendon had three home runs also. Yeah, and then uh, but, no, not Springer had anything. three singles in the game. Yeah. Was saying, is, is he was just yeah. triple away from the cycle. Man, that would have been so nice if he had gotten you know what? You know why that happened, though, right? It's because last week we were talking about he shouldn't lead off the game anymore. When oh. will we learn <laughs> that every time we say he shouldn't lead off the game, he's going to come out and either win the World Series MVP or go six for six? Yeah, but I mean, his average, he's, I think uh, yesterday's game – May have put him over 300 finally. I'll have to double-check that real quick. Yeah, but that, that day, his 6-for-6 six six game rates his average from the 260s to 290. Yeah, 292. 292. It's, it's, he's obviously was, was one of the biggest reasons why we swept the A's. Pitching as well, another big reason. Everyone's just coming on finally now. It's starting to gel. We, we talked a lot of crap last week about, you know, they got to make some changes to the lineup, yada, yada, yada. And they've made the one change, which is uh, getting rid of the two. They're just shifting up, having Jose be the two, Correa be the three, Yuli be the four, or you know whoever that might be. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now it's working. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. Oh, obviously, we have some recency bias. We did just sweep Oakland, but we did lose pre- previously the series to Arizona. So it's not like it's this big stretch of games where we're playing well. It's the past three games. But still, those three games, they all matter, especially going into this weekend um, the next six games that we have, uh, we're playing. Uh, the first is a three-game series against the Rangers. Another team, a, a nice little get-right series, and it's at home, which is going to be good. We have Verlander, Morton, and Keiko pitching against uh, Hamels, Fister, and Moore. All right, I'm excited. I'm going to the game tomorrow. Oh, I'm, you are. I'm very excited. I'm going to the game on Sunday. Oh, very, very nice, very so, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love seeing. I gotta see the Rags. I gotta see us beat the Rags once a year. Yeah. 
I'm so and then uh, but after that we have to travel to LA play the Angels in a three game series. Mm. Uh, so these are two big series, two big series uh, in the month of May. In the, yeah, it, to be fair, month of May. Take but, it as it may be. But I mean, at the end of the season, when you when you start to look for the division race, you mm-hmm. look at the teams' records against each other, and you know these are games we need. We didn't play very well against the Angels the last time we played them. No, um, but I'll go ahead say it right now. Five and one week. Five and one. Five and one week. We're going to sweep the Rangers, take two out of three against the Angels. Yes. We'll probably lose the first game, against, well, with McCullers on the mound on uh, Monday. Uh, I just think, for some reason, this series against the A really switched everything into gear. The, the entire team is starting to get it. Their bats are starting to come alive. That's been the big key because we, our pitching has been stellar for the, uh, the entire way. We just haven't had any run support to back them up. I think we're finally going to get that run support, and I think you're about to see the Astros start to kick it into high gear. I agree. I agree. And I'm going 5-1 and one also, but okay. tell me this. Is, is, it in L, is it in L.A. or is it at home? It's in L.A. Okay. I'm going 5-1 and one still, losing 2 out of 3 against the Rangers, sweeping the Angels in oh, and in. We're going to lose a Ranger game. We're going to lose a Rangers game. Oh, but my. the more important games to win are the Angels games. I think they'll come out motivated. They'll want to get a, a good lead on the Angels for the division lead. Mm-hmm. I believe they're a half game up right now. I could be wrong. I think that's what I lo- it's what it was yesterday. Uh, as of right now, the Astros have a half game on the Angels. Yes. So I think they want to build on that. I think they want to start pulling away from the pack even as, as early as they can in the month of May. They want to start pulling away. And they like I said, they played bad against the Angels last time. They played here at Minute Maid, so they're going to go in there. They're going to get some runs. They've they've hit well historically at, at the Angel Stadium. They mm-hmm. hit there really well, so I, I like their chances. I like I like a sweep for the, against the Angels, and then yeah, I don't I don't think I don't see a six and zero week coming. Maybe I don't it'd be nice. It sure would be. We need and, it, and they and the way they play against the A's, it, it has the feeling that they could start a win yeah. streak. They put up a lot of runs. They've been pitching really well. So a six and a week wouldn't surprise me, but I think we both are in agreement. They're in, they're in good form right now, and we both expect the form to continue this week. Yeah. So that last Angel series was in uh, the end of April. Uh, it was in Houston. Angels won two zero. Angels won eight seven, and then the uh, Astros won five two. Mm-hmm. That eight seven game was that game where we got ahead and then blew it. Um, and so and that was uh, Smith ended up getting the loss in that game. Uh, whereas the first game, it was Skaggs versus Garrett Cole, and Skaggs just outpitched. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know Cole didn't have a bad game necessarily; only gave up two runs. But it just we got shut out, and then that last game was a Verlander game, and so usually when Verlander's on the mound, it's pretty much that's a solid dub. You yeah. can you can count on a dub whenever it's yeah. yeah. You so, can also count on a dub with Charlie Morton, who has yet to lose a game, hits the mound, and so I mean we we've lost games. He's yet to lose a decision. Yeah, he has no L's on his record. Because I was about to say, I went to, I went to the only other game I've gone to this season was against the Angels again in that series. Yeah, and Charlie Morton got the start. Yeah, the eight-seven game. Yes, and they made a comeback, and that's why he got yeah. the no decision. But yes. then they they blew it in the end. Yeah, he's four Joe out. Smith, not my favorite pitcher. I don't like submarine style pitchers. I don't really. Okay. I don't like. I I didn't like Pat Neshek when we had him. I don't like Joe Smith. Okay, and for obvious reasons, they they don't pitch well for us yeah it, it was kind of a weird lump to do saying like it, it, you're negative on all submarine pictures some of them have been successful but i mean can you tell me who's the most successful one in the league now oh probably not now no exactly it's outdated yeah it's the people that still do it aren't very good it, it's patney check although to be fair he's been much better since he's left houston he, yes. he was on the trade market last year 
and he, he he said like he said some things that he didn't want to be in Houston. Whatever, I'm sure he regrets it now. But he he had a really solid year last year, and he I don't know how he's pitching for the Phillies this year. He I think I, I heard that he's injured actually, but however it may be, maybe I'll give him some credit for that. But when he was with the Astros, he wasn't very yeah. good. So another thing I did want to mention that first game against uh, Oakland on Monday. They'd had a nice little because they had, it's their 50th anniversary, so they had a poll or whatever honoring 50 players of the A's throughout the years, and one of those players who did get a nod was uh, Redick, and so he got a nice little commemorative jersey. Had a thing nice for him, yeah. just remembering his days with Oakland. Obviously, he played really well for him whenever he was there. I thought that was cool. Um, any other points you want to stick on with the Astros? No, I think I think we should do something. We should award a pitcher of the week and a hitter of the week. Okay, I hitter of the week clearly George Springer. I think pitcher of the week is pretty solid too, Garrett Cole. Yeah, okay. I can go with that. Yeah. We'll start doing that every week now. I like that. I totally got that idea while you were talking I, about I love both. that idea. Just reward them, even if we have a, a terrible week. And sometimes we can add in some negatives if we, if we need to be in. Like, yeah. You know, the, I, I almost said something negative. Just bad, ah! <laughs> bad job of the week. Or you blew it, player. You know, something. We, we'll workshop it. We'll get there. But yeah, I'll, pitcher and hitter of the week. Garrett Coles, George Springer. Yep. Congratulations to you two. Yeah. You you don't win anything. Yeah. You, you don't win, have anything. You to win our admiration. Yeah. Exactly. Congratulations. But, but okay. But they already had that. You know. This is true. They did. I do adore admiration. both of those guys for different reasons. Yeah. But JP, I think that just about wraps up everything we need to talk about this week. Do you have any parting words? No. 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 I feel pretty confident in everything we hit. I'm super excited for Monday. Obviously, there's going to be two games between uh, this podcast going up and the next one that we put up. Um, both of those home games against the Rockets, we're going to see how they do. Hopefully we have just as much positivity, if not more positivity, mm-hmm. next podcast that we had this podcast. I agree. And and keep an eye on our social medias. We are going to go live for, for these games. I don't know if it will be me and JP or just me or just JP. We'll figure it out, but we are going to go live either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, somewhere. We're going to go live and stream post-game and or pre-game. We'll see. We'll, we'll let it out. But you will hear from us for these these humongous games yep. for the Rockets and Warriors. You will hear from us, I promise. So for J.P. Ranitsky, I am Spencer Nolan. You've been listening to the Houston Clutch Report podcast. Until next time, H-Town, take it easy.